Good evening. It's Wednesday, 9 p.m. This is the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot. Andy Berkey's with us, a little shocked, but he's here. Hi, guys. I'm Mike Z. With us is Chris, and of course, Mr. Andy Berkey is our guest this evening. Uh, now that you've experienced the best part of the podcast, thanks for joining us. <laughs> that is the most killer intro I've ever seen in my life. Well, you got to catch their attention, so that's why we made the wow. nice intro. I'm just sitting here thinking I'm on Netflix or something. You are. <laughs> we just didn't tell you yet. Berkey and Technicolor sounds dangerous. Yeah, that's actually. That's, that's true. A, Sean's got a point. That's a fair point. <laughs> Good evening, John. Good evening, Gib. Mr. Gib Clark's here for you. That's important. Yeah, that's. Well, he's kind of like my bodyguard, so. Oh, yeah. We'll keep yeah. it clean then. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Just to safeguard me against the tomfoolery. You know, yes, he keeps you in check. He's sending you texts while you're yes. on here. Gotcha. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, you've been on um, lots of podcasts in the past. I've listened to and seen, and you know, in the in the backstage area, if you haven't joined us with a uh, Patreon, you would have found out that I've been stalking Andy for years. So, I know a lot about him. Creepy <laughs> style, creepy style. Even I was kind of disturbed. <laughs> that takes a lot, that really does. Yeah. Oh, Lord, but we're going to, so we'll, what we will do is kind of um, introduce you to those who may not know who you are, um, as far as your many talents and all the things you dive into, and I really ran out of space as far as all the pictures I could have posted with uh, sewing, um, like just everything that you get into. So we figured we'd at least start with your expertise, how you got into the role that you're in now that your main day job, which is, and I still don't know how to put it into words. Like, what is it that you do? Yikes. Uh, well, at my, at, at my base level, uh, I'm a carpenter. Um, this is my, I just realized this the other day. This is my 39th year uh, in, in carpentry next year. I, I still can't believe it. But <laughs> wow. um, and, and it's taken me all over uh, the hemispheres, multiple hemispheres, coast to coast, um, multiple countries. It's just been um, a really cool ride, completely unscriptable career tracked, um, just kind of gone with what felt right in the moment. And, um, and, and it's been super, super good to me. And uh, I was kind of losing the joy of it about uh, 2015, you know, kind of starting to begin that middle age slide into being, you know, a cranky old fart. And, um, and then I, I happened upon the maker community and um, everybody reminded me that um, how fortunate I am to be able to do what I do and to be creative on a daily basis. And, um, you know, it, for me, it's, it's a full contact sport. It's, it's not about day job and it's not about, you know, what I do for hobbies. It's, I, I got to make every day and, um, and I'm defiantly proud of that. And, um, you know, um, I mean, I've even been come comfortable with being called an artist, which for decades I revolted against, but, you know, um, I feel like, that's what I am. And, and, uh, it all mashes together in kind of a, uh, big old stew, a slurry of, of weird, weird stuff. So 
And so if you want to find out more about this stew of slurry, um, it's at Andy Berkey. So right. Instagram. Instagram. That's my main outlet at this point. <clears throat> and, and I'll say just for those who are just listening, you will want to find the video because when Andy says he's a carpenter, <laughs> Sorry, it's that, like, that okay. really, really just doesn't touch the, the surface of what that really <laughs> means. So uh, Andy's version of carpenter, then, then everyone else's is just nothing, just to be honest. So uh, you'll want to watch the video to see just some of the photographs and some of the amazing work that he puts out. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be one of those ones where you kind of wish you watched it just because there's going to be a lot of pictures. What did I say? There was 23 pictures altogether. I think that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But before we get into that, we do have a very big special announcement, which is kind of hilarious, somewhat sponsored, by the way. And that is that LearnYourCNC.com <laughs> is now a sponsor of the podcast. Nice. <laughs> Which you can find out more if you're looking to get into CNC work and you want to learn the software of Vetric or uh, what is it? It's, uh, Aspire. So I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm laughing at this at this point. But Kyle over there at Learn Your CNC has created academy.learnyourcnc.com where you can pretty much take the steps that you need. There's how many steps is there? Seven with uh, boot camp, Chris? Yeah, seven levels. Okay, so seven levels. So you can take the courses that you want to learn about for your CNC. To the next level, faster and easier, and at your own pace at a great price, by the way, because Kyle's still charging way too little. But that's good. There you go, Kyle. LearnYourCNC.com. Nice. Yeah. We've been doing that for free for almost a year now. It's about time. No. <laughs> it, it, it kind of became just our, our weekly thing. It's like, well, do, do we do it? Do we? Yeah, we got to do it. You know, now it's yeah. become just our thing. We just... We just bring Kyle up there, you know. It makes us laugh every time because it's one. Of, okay, so if you haven't checked it out, Andy, it's one of those programs where, um, if you were getting into CNC and the software was the biggest problem, you know, just learning it in general, there really wasn't a very good schooling, if you will, by level of all the different metrics that were available. And so, um, Kyle had been into CNC for years and had come up with this program, basically where you can learn as you go and you start learning all the tools, you start learning everything and you get more comfortable as a uh, designer and putting in all the code. Nice. So it was pretty cool. So then wow. we were just like, well, we got to sponsor it anyways, because it's unique. Well, and we like promoting it just not only because it's a cool thing, but the fact that he, the dude quit his day job to do this because he's so passionate about it. Wow. I mean, le least we can do with our three viewers is is tell them about it every week. <laughs> Back up for a second. There is there is four viewers because there's us three who's watching it right now. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, anyways, that was that was our fun little segue. Um, so, you okay? So, what is it that you would say that you do primarily over the past thirty so years? Because um, that's what I was I was trying to figure out how to how to say this is that you recreate. In your, I'm sorry, in your 200 years of experience, by the way, with my typo. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, um, with the Catholic Church in the early 70s, um, a lot of um, traditional uh, neo-Gothic, in neo-Gothic churches, a lot of that decoration was, was literally taken out and put in dumpsters. Um, in an effort to sort of modernize 
um, the feel of this big room, right? Uh, well, you know, the generations of, of control change in the church and, and they figured out that, you know, they had done uh, a disservice to those buildings by taking out um, a lot of the altars and, and the fancy woodwork and things like that. So uh, there was a movement, there is a movement um, to sort of re, not recreate what was there, but in, um, in sort of essence, um, put back something that makes it feel the same. And, uh, but still accommodating how they do their, uh, liturgy their what they do, you know, Sunday morning, uh, that's changed also. So we accommodate that with, with the new old woodwork. Does that make any sense whatsoever? It does. And that's why I couldn't put it into words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's complicated. <laughs> put it that way. It's complicated. You modernized it by making it the same, but newer. Yeah. yeah. New old. That's really yeah. what it is. I've all, I've often said that the highest compliment for my work, I mean, it kind of goes against the whole social media thing where you're trying to um, draw attention to yourself. Well, the ultimate compliment for my work is that if no one knows I was ever there, uh, if they think that's original material, um, then then I've done done my job correctly. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm there. So speaking of original material, because like when Andy says he's a carpenter by trade, most carpenters are probably putting in trim work or a door. Uh, no. where's, where's Scott Houston at? We can ask him what a carpenter does. Yes. <laughs> he's a patriot, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, there's a lot of layers, but, you know, actually, if you go back to that main altar right there, which was mm -hmm. 29 feet tall, that uh, sits on two boxes there, the right and the left. And then and then there's three boxes on top of that. And that's where it starts still, you know, rectilinear rectangles. And, and then you start piling on detail from there. But I'm looking in the center of that of that archway. Is it is it passed through? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. The, so structural the, and and design all in one. Yeah, this piece was actually the hardest part of this was the structure because uh, being almost twenty feet wide and almost thirty feet tall, um, and it's about two hours from the New Madrid Fault, which is the most uh, at-risk fault, uh, earthquake fault in the States. So we had to accommodate, um, you know, <laughs> earthquakes and, uh, and sag, you know, so the weight of it, we, we figured that thing weighed about two and a half tons. Oh man. That's a lot of gold leaf. <laughs> That's a lot of gold leaf. <laughs> so, so this is you up top. <clears throat> Yeah, just to give it to scale the size, and then yeah. the the one on the left here is in the same church off to the left side of where the main one is. Correct. Yeah, that's the Saint Mary altar. <clears throat> um, that one's about nineteen feet tall, and I don't remember. I think uh, maybe nine feet wide, if I remember right. 
still so, large. Yeah. So there's a St. Joseph on the right-hand side of that to match. So there's the three altars in that church. <clears throat> just craziness. I mean, yeah, just you're a general carpenter. You know, look at you. Let's see here. Oh, well, you know, you do have to do general carpentry, I guess, in order to set it up like in this photo. Yeah. Yeah. There's your uh, structure coming together. Trying to trying to get it to sort of that it's rigid, you know it has some racking um, resistance and and can carry weight. Now, did you have to? How did you figure out how to put that together for being near such a fault line? You know, with with it to to be able to move and at the same time not fall apart. Um. Well, there was uh, plates. Basically, there was a sandwiching. There's. I ran plates with cables down through the floor and, um, and then made, made other plates that were on the bottom side of the floor joists, which were huge, massive joists and kind of gave it a compression. Uh, I think it was about uh, 20 feet of cabling that uh, had the cables made and then put that under compression to give it some some ability to rack around, sort of like a suspension bridge, only in reverse. So that's like a structural engineer carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're guessing, you know. We're guessing. <laughs> uh, Gibbs says he's never seen Andy with metal studs or drywall. He ain't a carpenter. Not union style. Those guys do a <laughs> lot of metal, metal studs and drywall. Mr. Gary Jones says you are a craftsman. <laughs> and we are weird and he likes it. Gary's cool. <laughs> you know, that was the one thing I was trying to find. And I found someone else's photo of like a Lego man that said, uh, you're weird. I like you, which is your t-shirt. Yes. Yes. I was yeah. going to wear it tonight, but then I realized it was in the laundry. When has uh, that actually, ever stopped you, Chris? Well, <laughs> be, being that it was in the washing machine, I oh. really didn't feel comfortable wearing a ringing, ringing wet uh, shirt. And I like you, but and I would I would really be making that shirt weird if I did. <laughs> that is true. If, if it was the middle of summer, though, he would be wearing that. Don't let him lie to you. Mm-hmm. Sterling says, "Berkey, I love you." That is all. Chris and Mike love you too. Just enough to get to heaven. Hey, we'll take it. We will take it. Thank hey, you, Sterling. Man. Love you too. So, and and there I had door. I had here back on that post this whole time. You know what? I'm siding with Berkey now. <laughs> Oh, there's Scott. Yeah, we were just talking about carpenters. We're the, we can show you a few photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, let's see what's next. Okay. Uh, there's, so I did that one. All right. So this one I remember. This was you. Okay. So when you, let me put it this way real quick. On Instagram, one of the things I liked is that every day on your stories, you kind of walked out to the shop. You kind of showed everybody what's going on, what you're doing, what you're getting into as far as your projects go. And I remember this one. Mm-hmm. As, was this one the one that involved Shaper? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the panels there. Um, let's see. The trefoils, the fairly simple um, Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, those were not, but um, but the complicated uh, panel on the back of the, the main presider's chair there, that was all Shaper origin. And... Um, it was it really um, really shown through uh, its strengths in in this project here, no doubt. Because 
that was one of the things I found out about Shaper Origin was that you can send them your design and they'll <laughs> kind of work with you on getting it configured to where the Shaper will actually be able to do it. Yeah, which was critical for me because, um, you know, I don't have any math background. Um, so I have to, most of this stuff I have to work out um, in in one-to-one, you know, just drawing, you know, with your tongue out, you know. <clears throat> and, um, and, and so I sent those guys a full-scale drawing and, uh, and they, they somehow worked it out because I gave them all the pivot points because this is all compass work, you know, a lot of that uh, Gothic stuff. And so I gave them the points where, you know, I was drawn from and, and they, they pulled it out. I, I don't, I still don't know how they did it, but. Yeah. Cause it's awesome in general. <clears throat> really. It, that was really a fun, fun project. That one. And then this is you, this is spraying them. Was it this one that was spraying beforehand or a different one? Uh, this is different. This one is probably 10 years old or so. Um, the, the one on the right was a, uh, just a restoration of a, these are called plinths and plinths are meant for statues. And uh, the, again, uh, the hardest part about the one on the left was this had to be structural because a Pieta, which is, you know, Mary holding up the dead body of Jesus, um, that's a lot of plaster. We figured that that statue is about 400 pounds. Wow. So there was a, a lot of structure that had to go in that before we could start decorating it. Uh, For Mr. all you Glenn, other carpenters, that's a lot of pocket hole screws. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Hey, there's my buddy Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn says, hey there, Andy. Great to see you. Uh, they let you out to play with the other kids. Yeah. They still have a leash on me, though. <laughs> yeah, Gibbs here, so he can't exactly. go Exactly. Exactly. And this is another plinth or what is this uh, one no here? this is a this is a an altar so that's the table that that they do all the uh, communion work on and all of that so um this piece was butternut and walnut um to match uh some existing furniture in the church so the pulpit that you can see off there to the left and this table basically uh were two of the the big pieces in this one and wow. you did all this by hand? Um, the two front panels uh, were altar gates that we salvaged. And uh, and I, then I designed around those two pieces to match that. Yeah. That's insane. Is that a six-piece base mold around that thing? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Holy smokes. Yeah. the <laughs> That big altar was tw- was 12. That's for a lot of carpenter, for all the carpenters out there, that's a lot of base mold. I've seen <laughs> a lot of caulk. that wasn't that many. Yeah, and I don't really see any caulking there at all. I think that's all just uh, well done. It's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, yeah the the main altar that we saw early uh, that one had a twelve piece base molding. This one here? No, the the big one. <clears throat> That one, yeah, that one's 12, 12 different pieces, which is weird because you don't know where to start because you have to think your way back through 
each one of those layers to get to, you know, the basic box that you're going to start building around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's something they teach you in basic high school carpentry class. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, I didn't really finish that class. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> there was a fire. He <laughs> was, was busy learning real carpentry. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things, the gold leafing and the casting tutorials you did after the installation. Um, I was talking to somebody today because they were asking who was going to be on the podcast and <clears throat> mentioned you. And I said, he, I said, he does incredible work with gold leafing. And they're like, gold leaf's not that hard. I said, the preparation for gold leaf is critical. If it's not smooth, you will see every imperfection. Absolutely so the, correct. The gold leafing itself, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's easy. It's not that bad. But if it's not prepared, you're screwed. You just wasted all of that. Yeah. Oh, there and you go. Just the the uh, acreage on a big piece like that. There's just there's a lot of leaf on there. <laughs> you have to buy that in bulk. You know, you, you you take a poke and say, "Yeah, get send me 20 books." And it's most of this is as far as pricing it and and buying materials, I'm really just guessing and that is not being like humble or anything i am literally guessing how much it's going to take and i I can see exactly why because that's a lot of linear footage if you will of gold leaf yeah it's everywhere no kidding but it doesn't look gaudy that's what i like about it it blends in really well with the walnut and the butternut like it doesn't look bad it doesn't look overly done you know Walnut and, and gold leaf is just, it's one of those magic, um, a really nice, gentle, creamy, creamy white and gold leaf is really cool. And then uh, my favorite wood with, with gold leaf is, is um, dark walnut. It's just feels right. All is right with the world. All is right <laughs> with the world. You know, they make a gold spray paint, Berkey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been told that before. <laughs> I was going to say that as one of the comments would be like, oh, yeah, so that's a bunch of aerosol can you, uh, you know, a lot of masking off on that. Yeah, yeah I'm basically Banksy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So this is that same one from before, right? Yeah, yeah. this, this one I always before. just throw in because, uh, you know, I think people sometimes the hardest part is convincing people that this can be built now. So uh, I always like to throw in, you know, <laughs> we're literally working on it in this picture. So, yeah, we, we make this stuff. You actually make it happen. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I've got, let's see, I've got that one. And, oh, yeah, it was down here. Here we go. So what is, now, is that top entirely gold leaf? Uh, no, that's okay. butternut with some gold leaf in the coves. Okay. And then there's some walnut. This is um, the one, the altar uh, with the walnut in it was is in the front of the church. This is in the back, right where you come in. So forgive me, are those angels on the bottom going all the way around like corbels? Yes, exactly. That's what they are. They're, those are castings, <clears throat> replications of the... Uh, the angels that are on the baptistry of St. Patrick's church in New York city. So you just got those on eBay or. (laughs) Well, kind of, because I got a, on this thing, I literally got a napkin 
from a priest who was visiting St. Patrick's, bought those in the gift shop. And then on this, that wasn't a napkin. It was a bulletin from a church, you know, what they hand you. Yeah. <laughs> and he had the basic design of that Baptist baptismal font on that and basically said, build it. Wow. So sure. we started with, with that stuff and I got the uh, angels in my hand and scaled it off from there. And, and uh, then there, uh, you can't see it on the left. They're not in yet, but the top is a uh, Carrera marble um, with a stainless steel um, bowl in it. And then that, that umbrella thing is called a baldacchini. Um, we put some um, halogen down lights um, around that to highlight that water. So it's all about symbolism uh, with this stuff. And once you do a deep dive into all of that stuff, then you, I mean, this is just a, really just a bowl for the holy water. And so the downlights really highlighted the water itself, uh, especially when during certain services, the lights are off or really down low in that church. And so when you walk in, there's this water that's just like dancing. Yeah. Cool. So it's, that's the kind of the fun stuff. Um, Even though I'm not Catholic at all um, to do a deep dive into how they want to, I I mean, I'm going to say the word manipulate, but I don't mean it disrespectfully, but how they want people to feel, you know, and how, my design can facilitate that. So mm-hmm. again, it's super not about the stuff you build. It's about the emotion and the, the, the feeling. Yeah. That you can give to people. Right. Cause they're in there when they're tripping, they're in there at the high times and low times of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can influence that, you know, that's, that's good karma as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. <clears throat> Let's see, Gibbs says that his first gold leaf attempt certainly wasn't easy. But it looked good. I saw it. <laughs> Real good. He doesn't give himself enough credit. He does not. Yeah, my, my first gold leaf is still yet to be done, so there's that. <clears throat> I have no desire for that. Yeah. I still have mine somewhere in a shed. <laughs> now, like I did it just to do it, and then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to show anybody, but I'll keep it. Yeah. Now, flocking, on the other hand, I want to learn to become really good at flocking. You have three daughters. I, you did pretty good. I find I find it that there's a lot of opportunity with the flocking. Yeah, I, I agree. love this. And I love this in the transcripts, by the way, when watching the show later and you're watching the subtitles. It's really funny to see how they figure out what you're trying to say. And sometimes they just block it out altogether. I, I tried to enunciate very carefully. <laughs> There was an L in there. I heard it. Yeah. yeah. The, the system, and, though, and, it doesn't care. And I know it sounds funny, but I, I mean, I want to, I want to learn to do, because I want to, I want to, I've done some certain projects on flat, but I'd love to get into doing some, some interior of boxes and things like that, because I have plans for these really ornate lids, so to speak, that I want to do on the CNC. And I don't want to do an ornate lid and you open it up and it's just a wood box. I mean, I want it to be, texture a little more i want to I want, I want the inside to match the outside there you go yeah that's that's always interested me also 
it's um uh, I'll once I figure out what it's very similar to, then you'll be like, okay, it's actually not not that it's not hard, but it's like, oh, it's just like that. That's what I had to. I I can't. I'll, I'll think of it by the end of the show. That'll make a lot of sense then. But yeah, it's almost like Lent. It's the best way I know how to put it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the other one on the other side. Then on the right side yeah, of those correct. other two. Okay. Correct. Yeah. This would have been good to know before the show, Mike. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so they all had to match. Now were they all done at the same time, or I mean, within the same time frame, or were they all done different times? Yeah. Um, actually, the dedication of oh, this is weird. Um, tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. This is St. Patrick's Church in Decatur, Illinois. Tomorrow will be the 20th anniversary of the dedication, rededication of this church. So uh, these pieces are about, oh, 21 years old or so now. Um, the, the Joseph and Mary were built at the same time. Um, and then uh, we kind of worked out a lot of the production kinks on those two. And then and then moved on to the big one. So the gentleman, let's see, is it is this same guy who was helping you with those? Yeah, uh, this this was the decorative artist. We were also at the same time um, uh, decorating the the walls that you see there in the back. Um, this the vault of this the ceiling of this room was sixty feet tall, so we had. Uh, scaffolding all the way up uh, into that vault and uh, a full paint job, interior paint job was going on at the same time. Because I'm sitting here looking at these pictures and when you say that it's going to be 20 years for the dedication, rededication, did you think 20 years ago you'd be on a podcast with these two guys talking about this stuff at the time, you know? Well, it's kind of weird because, you know, when you finish a project like that, you think that um, naively, you think that well, I just pulled off this thing. So the world is now going to, you know, beat a path to my door. And, I'll, you know, and it, it was the weirdest thing. Ego wise, it was super hard because the, the phone didn't ring for a long time. Um, there was some stuff happening in the church that was kind of people weren't into and right after that and um and it just you know it, it's still this is still kind of a niche uh mm -hmm. thing that i do so you just got to be patient and uh you know at the same time i'm doing this i'm i'm doing many other things that aren't as sexy as this stuff so um you know you learn to to uh enjoy those projects when you have them and when you don't you know, you still got to pay bills. So you do whatever you need to do. It's an interesting way to look at it, actually. Because I could see that where you would, you would really build yourself up on this. Like that is a huge achievement, no matter who you are. That's not a simple feat. Mm -hmm. And then not to have the phone ring after that. Like, yeah, yeah that would, that would hit. Yeah. It, uh, I did, uh, I did another church within a year or so. Um, yeah, but then I didn't have another big one for for four or five years. So, uh, Scott wants to know, Chris, did you say flogging? Molly. Mm. Yes, by the way, and, one of the best. And John, uh, you, you yes. are 
um, your band. <laughs> no, he's not. He's I guess I, now that you bring up St. Patty's Day, it's funny because um, Flog and Molly used to always tour, and they would always end up St. Patty's Day in Arizona. And when I lived there, I went to four shows in a row, and the last one I went to, the fire marshal came in because there was a thunderstorm coming in. And they and they were telling everyone on stage we gotta cancel it, we gotta shut off the power, like there's a thunderstorm coming in. They shut off the power, and I kid you not, they kept going. They did not care. They were like, Yeah, okay, great. And then you know, they were like, We gotta cut off the power, and like, we'll go for it. And they're all sitting there just drinking, having a blast. So no, when you nod your head to that, I was like, Yeah, you would enjoy that story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go leaf on a chamfer. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> So, okay, real quick, there's a joke to this. Ah. It's, an in, it's an inside joke. Would you say, in general, would you be a, would you prefer a chamfer or a roundover? Me? Yes, just in, um, in general. Like, it, I know it all kind of probably depends on the project, but when you see something like, you know, which would you rather go for? If I have design control, I will, I would aim towards uh, a chamfer. I, I like the rectilinear, um, hardness of it Chris is team round over I'm team chamfer all the way yeah round over two team chamfer 5322 we're almost to a mile we're almost going to get there yeah stylistically I lean way more towards uh, arts and crafts style uh, rather than sort of a euro modern you know round over and blonde woods and all that stuff. I, I, not that I don't like it, but uh, if I had my choice, I'd go more towards an arts and crafts style. And see, it's interesting because you're bringing it up on more of a complete design side of it that I don't even think of. I'm just looking at it like it's easier to sand. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> uh, Gibbs said they also used to teach flocking in high school shop. I could see that. I really could. Did you find yourself burnt out after a job like that? Asks Gib. Absolutely. Um, there is a point where <clears throat> you finish one of those big jobs and, and it's a good thing for, for my headspace. Uh, it's a, in retrospect, it's very healthy for me to be not doing that for a while. Um, six months to a year and then I'm ready to, to, uh, to jump in again, but to do that on a consistent basis, 24 <clears> seven <throat> would not be healthy for me because I start losing touch with um, like what's going on in the world now um, between the math and the trying to understand proportions and uh, how light is playing off of shape. You just, I just go weirdsville, man. And um uh, and it's it's really good to get into you know building some you know mudroom cabinets <laughs> you know for somebody that's going to hang coats up on it for their kids. That's, no, that makes sense. It kind of that's your decompression after something that stressful and mind well melting really. Yeah, because it's you can't make one if you. I mean, on that big piece, that biggest piece that we've looked at, I remember getting a start on it and getting about two men, two weeks into it, and then making the realization that um, we couldn't even salvage what we had built. It was just wrong. And um, it was indispensable to 
know where to start, but everything that we had built had to be drug out of the shop and, and burned because it just, it was, so, you know, that's a, a month's worth of man hours um, that you just have to walk away from. And that's rough. That's rough to do. Absolutely. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, we had comments. Sorry about that. So uh, Scott did find it funny on the team chamfer. Of course, <laughs> woohoo team chamfer. Um, since John brought it up, you can now ban me. <laughs> and then Sean. Hey, well, Sean. Well, well. <laughs> that looks like a Mark Trouble. photo. Oh, I'm sure it is. And Sean has the most beautiful hair. Oh, I don't mean to get weird, but man. Too late. Oh, I started that earlier. You're good. Now your weird's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll I'll throw something else into that argument though. I, I'm a big Cove fan. I um especially with gold leaf, um, to go from one plane to another plane and have a, a cove that has two hard edges uh to to delineate um a different color or gold leaf. That's just mm -hmm. magic. That's well you know no, that's just is. an inside roundover. It's not a round. It's an inverted though. round over. It's a round under. <laughs> a they didn't like that over. name. That's why they said cove. Just call it a cove. Cove. Quit trying that was to be cool. Call it a cove. Yeah, yeah. Don't call it an over uh, round over or under. <laughs> well, I always joke with Chris that at work, um, you know, woodworking tools are kind of like kitchen appliances. What does it do? We'll just call it that and add ER, you know, like Mitch Hedberg used to always say. And <laughs> so, you know. Around under doesn't work, but you know what? We should do that now. I'm going to change it to round under. How's that? Yeah. Do those who are round, round under, or, or if you're going to add an R to it. Oh, and just go, just go, Franco, on you. I'm making span. Wow, I don't know what that is, but it sounds Greek, so I'm in. <laughs> It sounds delicious. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I can't if you pronounce can't say it, it's really, really difficult to do. <laughs> uh, well, at least yeah. donated to a great cause for someone who really wants some beautiful locks of hair. Yeah, Sean, we're taking donations anytime you want. <laughs> you know, that would be an interesting maker community collaboration is to make you a toupee out of Sean's hair. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? <laughs> Who would we find in the community that could pull that off? Wow. Yikes. I bet Michelle McNeil can weave. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have a suspicion she could probably pull off a weave. <laughs> well, there we go. It's a spinach pie phyllo dough. See, that was much easier to say than that. Sp Spockinoki. Spockkopi. Yeah. He's making while I'm, he watches. That's I'm, I am not going to pronounce what it looks like it says. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just I, I'm, I feel confident that the uh, that, that that YouTube would go. Uh, what did you say? I'm yeah, pretty sure man, smoke would come out of it. I don't know the word man in that one. <laughs> He's shaving it all in that case. Yeah, if it's for a maker collaboration, that'd be great. So yeah. <laughs> If you're watching after, you know, if you're want to, if you're listening to this after the fact, you want to watch it by all means, so you can see what that word is. I wonder if, oh, wait, yeah, maybe I could do that. Hold on. Okay, so you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Oh, jeez. Hey, what you need, what you need to do is you need to uh, uh, share a new window. Yep. Go to Google, type it in, and have them pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And why you gotta ruin all my fun? Oh, sorry. Oh, what you're gonna do? Ouch. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he knows me well enough at this point. He knows that's what I was gonna do. Because we did find out how to get volume from a Google tab in this. <laughs> so, uh, there we go. That's what it looks like. Oh yeah. Where's the pronunciation? Google. Oh, maybe I, I maybe one of us spelled it wrong. Google's telling us we spelled it wrong. Uh oh. Yeah, Google lady, man. She she's big into good spelling. Oh wow, there's an entire fifty-seven seconds. It's one of those words. Okay. Oh geez. Oh no. Here we go. Did you guys hear it? Welcome to Spanikopita. There we go. Which is basically we live in. I know, right? And we could do it live, which is even crazier. <laughs> yeah. Spankicopita. Yeah, that's what it sounds right. I'll there go it with is. that shot. Yep. That's what I was thinking. I think that's what Chris was thinking. We just weren't quite sure how to say See, that. That's the West Coast accent right there. Yeah, uh, the left coast. <laughs> uh okay, so back on track, anyways. Yep. You're a carpenter who makes a few items. Yeah. Is, that, was in, that one was insane, by the is way. Is it casted or is that carved? That is uh, old school uh, composition. That's made by a uh, uh, 100-year-old company out of Chicago that does. That's um, horse glue and uh, sawdust uh, pressed into uh, hundred year old molds. It's, it's fascinating process. Um, very spendy, but, um, you know, you can order a capital that, that saves you weeks of work. So. Well, do you know if they're still in business? Yeah, they're still there. Decorator supply. Uh, they're a fascinating company. You can look them up online and they have a real archaic catalog, but, uh, but yeah, you get a hold of them, and in four four to six weeks, though, they have some guys go pick out a mold out of a Mondo warehouse and uh, press some <laughs> sawdust and horse glue that's, in there. I think that that's what they're still using. That is just so insane that, to me. Yeah, so like the smaller decorations, you basically steam it. So you get this thing, and it's hard, you know, like something that I do in, in cold cast plastic, but you can steam it and then press it onto a piece of wood and it, it adheres itself. It's, it's wicked old school, but very, very interesting. So, and and I'm just thinking, so I wonder what, have you seen the process? Were you able to actually watch how they did that? No, I wanted to go up one time and, and we just never could, could make it work. Um, but we I, need a we need a field correspondent on that one, Andy. You're yeah. gonna take that one for the team because that would be some awesome content just to see how that works. It? Yeah, I, it would be fascinating, especially a company that's been around that long. You know, that's not new technology. No, it's it's wicked old school. Man, okay, I, so. I imagine that nowadays with uh, you know the the 3D printing and stuff like that. You, if they wanted to still make it that way, they could just 3D printer molds. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. From, 
from uh, from what I understand, most of the molds are are years and years and years old. Oh, now we're having some. Do, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. They're just, you know, they'll yeah. do every every kind of style, and uh, if people are curious about it, it it's an amazing uh, thing to check out. Um, decoratorsupply.com, I think it is. And uh, man, it's cool. So integrating that, you know, in with actually that column was not turned. Um, I didn't know, and I still don't know how to work a lathe. So I needed that. I think that was an eight inch column. Um, so I staved it up and then I, I found a, an old lathe at a second, uh, you know, a pawn shop just basically for the live centers. Um, and I got that chucked in there and then I mounted a two and a half horse Porter cable router above it on a sled <laughs> and, oh, wow. and spun it back and forth until it got round. But it works. It, it worked. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, um, <laughs> I mean, nothing that you want to recommend to people how to do it, but, uh, but you know, most of my stuff is self-taught and, I don't claim to do it the right way. It's just the way that in the time seemed to work and you just kind of have a go at it and, and get it done. So <laughs> that's why I, I, well, I sort of hesitate to say, you know, this is how you should do it because nine times out of 10, the second time I do something, I do it completely different than I did it the first time. And, um, and it's, you know, faster. And, but, um, but when you're kind of out on the, on the edge of, you know, nothing's square and nothing's mm -hmm. the way that tools are sort of designed to be used. Um, you know, it's, you're just kind of out there flying by the seat of your pants. Sounds like a speaker box built by Bob, nothing square and nothing normal about it. <laughs> oh, I didn't save that on here. I was going to show <laughs> figured Andy would enjoy all those angles. I can probably add it back in, but yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. Cause I've noticed that if I attempt something along those lines, I would never show anyone. That's how I did it because the second time I do it, I will find, you know, I'll learn everything from the first time. And is it the right way to do it? That's what I love about woodworking. It worked. Right. You know, is it the correct way? Is there a correct, correct way? So anyways, yeah, I, I, matter of fact, I avoided woodworking forums and, and everything for so long because it seems like it was um, really dependent on this sort of uh, this is the best way or my, my way is right or wrong. Or, um, and the one thing that kind of drew me more towards the maker world was I'm going to give this a go and we'll see how it turns out. And um, as much respect as I have for the traditional woodworking guys, um, it's just not the way I'm wired. So, I mean, you know, I, the first 25 years of, of my career was out in the field and, you know, I built probably 50, 60 kitchens with a, with a Milwaukee uh, circular saw screwed to a sheet of, sheet of three quarter plywood for a table saw. And we had a go at it, you know, down in the Caribbean because we didn't, we didn't have anything else. Uh, 
And um, so to me, it's it's about the invention and the creation that that really gets me gets me going as opposed to following some, you know, hardcore path. I've never been good at following paths anyway, so. <clears throat> Couldn't tell whatsoever. <laughs> kind of. Well, oh, there you go. If, if, if your life is based one. on the path you followed, it's very, very crooked. There's many, many curves and points and angle changes. That is absolutely true. Un unscriptable. There's mm -hmm. just, there's just been things that have happened that, you know, I ended up living. Do you know where um, Duck is? Duck, North Carolina? Coastal? Yeah. I'm going to guess. Right, right on the coast. <laughs> is it is it near Goose? <laughs> Probably. No. But I, I actually, the reason I got a resume in historic work was I ended up uh, doing a chapel restoration at uh, the Norfolk Naval Shipyard. Hmm. And um, cool. I was only there for about three months. But um, but it was enough to put it on a what's called a historic resume, which in the world of this work is something that you have to kind of build up. And but that was a federally funded project, which is kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, it's a big deal. That gives you the, a level of um, mm -hmm. possibilities afterwards, anyways. Absolutely. Yeah, the job itself was a complete train wreck. They had brought me in uh, for, and I just we just didn't think the same. And um, so that, you know, we moved there and then it was like, now we're out. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, good things came from it. That's good. I, I think that uh, Gib puts it perfectly. The right way removes creativity. As far as woodworking goes, if you do something traditionally the way that everyone says it should go, it kind of removes your creativity away from what you could find possible. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then the tricky part now is everyone just nitpicks however you do it, which is true. That is true. And let them nitpick it because they do it a different way. Okay. You know, are, are you wrong? Or are you right? That's just the way you work. That works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and most of the nitpickers, if you go look at their account, they might have like three or four videos out there posted. None of them are any of the projects they've made. <laughs> you know, so you can't nitpick yeah. if you don't have stuff out there. Oh, wait, we weren't <laughs> talking about me. Sorry. No. Yes, we were. <laughs> no, but Sean's got a, you know, he's got a good point in that, uh, you know, as much as we benefit and are using the internet right now, it does give uh, a certain personality type the ability to just lob in bombs and run like hell, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, um, yeah, do it. I mean, people, people have done that, you know, my whole career and, you know, go ahead but when push comes to shove, let's see what you got. Um, I mean, the nice part about that big screen 20 years ago is from that point on, um, I was never asked, can you do this thing that we're asking you to do? Can, do you think you can do it? That was no longer a question. That was no longer a question and not in my mind. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it, that's a nice thing to not have to be interviewed for jobs anymore. Right. You know, now I get whether it's justified or not. Now what I get is I hope that our project isn't below what you normally like to do. 
And, you know, the reality of it is, is I need work, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm nothing, there isn't nothing below my pay grade. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's bring it on and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. That's, that's the way to do it. <clears throat> well, it gives me a lot of freedom, you know, yeah. because let's say, you know, there was a edict come down in the Catholic church that we are never building any more of these type of things again. It's, it's against our religion. Well, if your whole business is built on that, you know, it's, it's not a happy day, yeah. but, um, you know, the highest priority for me is to feed, feed my family and, and, and pay the rent. So beyond that, then we chase projects that are attractive and, and challenging and all that. But priority one is, is uh, cash flow. <clears throat> that's where you've gotten into. Now I'm going to guess. So the next pictures we have here are um, more of hobbies, more of things that you found in the downtime, more of the things you found for decompressing after large projects. Right. Okay. So the last one I have that's build wise, actually it was that one we already showed that. I apologize. It is the fact that social media wise, if you ever follow Andy, if you ever follow the Instagram, if you're ever into the makers groups that are out there, um, the most popular one is, uh, we like to make stuff. You'll, you'll know that Andy is known for a few things for sure that everyone kind of relates to him. And other than the, uh, hashtag blame Berkey, which every time I see a sunset or I have anytime, anytime I see something that I did not pay attention to before, I will totally blame you for it. <laughs> so bacon winners, eat bacon, be a winner like Andy eat bacon. <laughs> It's one of those magical things, you know, I I think there's just certain things that you don't question and bacon is one of them. Tacos would be another. Yep. It's and just, you're, also, you're also known for with bacon. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, now you're adding <laughs> to it, but the uh, table saw tacos. Yes. Um, that was just a thing that you were just, you seriously were eating lunch with somebody in the shop. Took yes. a picture of it, called it table saw tacos. And then from then on, it was, I think there was, um, oh, what was, there was someone with quesadillas. Like everyone started coming up with some sort of machinery yeah. and some sort of similar food to it. <laughs> it just, it took off after that. So yeah. table saw tacos is a thing. Well, the fun part about table saw tacos is I had been doing a lot of work for a local restaurant and they were uh, adding tacos to the menu sort of a new, you know, um, fusion tacos, that kind of thing. And, uh, so they said, Hey, um, what would you think if we sponsored table saw tacos? (laughs) So we started doing my, my buddy, Zach, who's an engineer, um, TV production engineer. He, uh, typically comes over a night a week and we just do random stuff in the shop. And, uh, so we just, started when he would come over he'd drop by their restaurant and pick up a bunch of tacos and and they were free and and we uh gave the restaurant a shout out and it was you know taco sponsored hashtag taco sponsored i think it was (laughs) (laughs) so i like to think that i'm the only shop in the world that's actually been sponsored by tacos well here's here's a little uh little something for you mr (laughs) sterling davis says scroll saw spaghetti 
don't think that'd be the same, but yeah, I get it. Uh, all jokes aside, just wanted to say thank you, Berkey, for inspiring me to be a better artist, but moreover, to be a better human being. Couldn't have said it better. Blame Berkey. Love you, brother. <laughs> That's too cool. So um, if you're ever curious as to when SpaceX is going to make a launch or the International Space Station is going to be flying over, Berkey always posts it, which yeah. is great because that's how I keep up with it. <laughs> I really do. It's one of those things where I see it and I'm like, oh, sweet. Let me go look for the blue dot. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. To me, the first time you see the space station go across and know that it's, that's what it is. It's a, just a game changer. And uh, just the fact that we live in such amazing times, you know, I'm old enough what, that they would wheel in. We had a modern, like a freshly built school in elementary school. And they would wheel in a black and white TV and plug it into the wall and we could see, you know, spaceman and stuff to go from that to being able to pull up on your phone, an app that says, Hey, you know, the space station's coming in three, two, one, and there it is. It's Uh, cool times. Yeah. I've been blessed to live in the time span that I have because it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane what what we can do now. That and um, what was the other thing? The Starlink satellites. Have you seen those go over? I have, yes. It's it's a trip. I, I remember when I was uh, took the dogs outside for a walk, saw that. I like ran inside the house. I was excited. Tell my wife about it. She was just like, and? And I'm like, but there's satellites that beam internet flying across the sky right now. Like, that's not normal. They're all in a line. Yeah, and they're all in a line. It looks like an airport upside down in the sky. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I was uh, really lucky to uh, be able to tour the SpaceX factory in 2015. Mm. And um, I was just flabbergasted by the technology and um, just sort of the open sourcing there's no there's no doors between the guys on the 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 people the the men and women on the floor that are building stuff with their hands and the engineers offices and elon musk offices there's no doors the concept is there's this free flow of information and you know not having a college degree not having any math experience but still being that sort of hands-on engineer type of mentality. Um, I just really vibed off of that and, uh, and really was impacted by it and am to this day. And if you think about it, I mean, they've taken over a lot of jobs that would be going to NASA as far as running missions, running supplies, doing things, the international space station satellites being, I mean, like the amount of stuff that they can now do, yeah. I kind of think that would be because of that policy, because there's just an open door. Hey, got a question, throw it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it also goes back to my theory of problem solving is, is, is to prioritize analyzing the simplest solution. Uh, the one that, that um, comes to mind from their perspective is they had to get rockets from Hawthorne, California to the Florida to launch. Well, if you put a big old NASA style rocket, they were flying them across the country, NASA was, on the back of 747s. It was millions of dollars to move these things. Well, what they did is they said, well, 
what's the lane width? What's the widest thing we can put on a semi? And I think it was 12 feet or 20 feet. I'm not sure which. And they said, well, that's a design parameter then. We're going to we're going to be make it so that we can move this thing across the country for three or four thousand dollars as opposed to a million on the back of a 747. We're just going to make that a design parameter. <clears throat> and to me, that's just I love that type of inside out engineering and thinking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and instead of designing it and then saying, well, how do we get it there? I don't know. It's exactly. like going backwards to, okay, this is our limitation. Then we do everything off of that. Yeah. That's, you think about it, that's super deep. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and it's the same thing with these complex designs that, that I sometimes get myself into is you got to break it down into boxes and mm-hmm. okay. What's, what's the smallest square thing we, as woodworkers, especially we can relate to rectilinear boxes Okay, cool. Now, now we can pile stuff on and it looks super fancy and crazy. Um, but it, it literally starts with boxes. So Chris, mm-hmm. did I show your um, current box headache real quick or you want to keep going? Sure. Sure. Why not? So he was talking about mm-hmm. earlier that the boxes Bob designed. Holy Moses. Yeah. Cool. So speaker boxes, um, my dad designed as far as it's a completely opening horn from from the driver at the port side all the way down. And Chris is now diving into putting these together. Holy Moses. Yeah, my relationship with him started simply by, hey, I need somebody to CNC the speaker holes and, you know, all the openings. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I can do that. I have a CNC. So. That's how it started. And now it's, hey, I need you to put these together for me. <laughs> and Chris is like, yeah, I'll take the challenge. I need some clamps, 400 clamps. Yeah. $300 worth of clamps in the last two days. Oh, I need deeper jawed F clamps now. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, but I need some squeeze clamps for the basic stuff. Oh, man. Now I got to have an 18 inch clamp and I need some more 12 inch clamps. This one's got to have a five and a half inch reach. Yeah, yeah, he's he's learning the fun art of custom speaker building, <laughs> and I laugh because that's what I did through the two thousands and and let's see two thousand no two thousand ten through fourteen somewhere in there and then early two thousands and I'm good. Like, you want your job back? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I, I I built myself speakers. I am good. It's that's a headache. Crazy. It's a headache. It's wild. Because if they're not right, you hear it. You can tell, and it's just, ugh. but anyways, enough about that, but I had to show you that because I figured you'd definitely appreciate the craziness in that. That's, that's a whole nother field. That's just fascinating to me. The, the acoustics, you know, I deal so much with light and how it mm. bounces and, and all of that, but sound is a whole nother. It's the know. same thing. You just can't see it really right. is, but you said it right. If, if it's not right, you can hear it. Oh. And it'll drive you insane once you get to that level of. It, it, for me, it was the audio files. When you're when you get into that realm, you get into those people who are either hardcore know what they're doing or they think they know what they're doing, and that conversation is always so condescending, no matter what they're talking about. So for me, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Like maker community, everyone's always positive. If you have a question, they'll help answer it. 
that community is more of like, oh, you don't know. <clears throat> oh, I didn't know you didn't know. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, then let me take the conversation elsewhere. All right. See ya. Whatever. <laughs> so one of the things that you got me into on a personal level was the macro photography. Yeah. As far as just getting up close and taking a look at something, but also the lines, the textures, the whole nine yards, because there was things I had no idea were even possible. And that is just the morning dew. Like mm -hmm. I look at morning dew completely different now. The kids, you know, when we go out to walk the dog, we're all now looking at morning dew. It's hilarious because I kind of nice. think back on it like, you know, I never cared. Then when you see it, you change your perspective on everything. And then there's this. Yeah, uh, that got a little weird. Not at all. <laughs> now I look at it's funny because now I look at drops completely different. If you go out and look at a drop, mm. it is upside down. It's like your your mind starts to really mess with you. Yeah. So it's uh, to me, <clears throat> I shoot most of that macro stuff. Um, no tripod. So it's all just freehand. And I mean, this is going to get a little funky, but um, to me, that means that I have to time uh, taking a picture at that reach, um, time it with my breathing so mm -hmm. that, so that I can, be you know like they say with like snipers you know they they what is it they exhale as they pull or something like that but it's that same thing of of being in tune with um movement and and breath and all that stuff so all of that is pretty much just a meditative sort of exercise that um is super healthy for me to you know, just get completely lost uh, studying um, a dewdrop or refraction of light in a in a dewdrop or um, you know a piece of frost or something like that. Um, you know, there's been more than once when you kind of roused yourself and you realize that you've been laying face down. You know. <laughs> in you know sub-zero temperatures um laying down studying something or taking a picture of something you can't move your hands your dog's there looking at you like you've lost your mind <laughs> and you're praying that no one no one is you know we go way out in the country to do that stuff so that no one can see us so they don't call the cops again uh there's this guy <laughs> laying in the field again yeah well we got a few pictures of that now uh frost is one filled with a camera Go get it, ma'am. Is he bald and kind of weird looking? Yeah, it's okay. We got him already. Yeah. Is it a white man? Okay, we're fine. Yeah. Doesn't say free candy on the side. We know who that is. Don't worry about it. He's safe. He's in the middle of a field. Just leave him be. Don't touch him unless you have bacon. Exactly. Whatever you do, don't approach him. Oh, there's yep. a new name the uh, water drop sniper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of dogs, Fiona. Yeah, there you go. My muse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Has to be the calmest dog I think I've ever seen. Yeah, Just, she, she is. She absolutely is. She's very, very patient. Yeah, because there's a lot of times where you can tell you're taking photos, you're doing your thing, and then, like, you'll take a picture of her, and she's just kind of looking off, you know, like, waiting for you, like, are you done yet? Like, you can just see it on her face. It's great. Absolutely, it's true. Uh, she's very much like, you know, your, your uh, babysitter or something that she's cool, but she 
she's checking her watch every once in a while <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Isn't there something else we could be doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, so you got into this mosaic thing at one time, and I have to know, what made you decide to fill a pothole with your logo? Oh, shoot. I wish I could remember that. Uh, there's a there's an artist in Chicago who is classically trained in Italy, mosaic artist. He does amazing work. And a few years ago, uh, he started doing potholes in Chicago with his mosaics. And uh, when this guy opened up outside my house, um, I contacted Jim Bacor up in Chicago and said, hey, you know, would you be cool if uh, if I did this in a pothole and gave you credit? And, and uh, he was super cool about it. <clears throat> and uh, so that picture with the cop car in it, um, I just got a text at about 3.30 in the morning and there was no, um, no words or anything. It was this picture with the uh, one of the boots, one of the black boots in it. It's just out of frame on this picture, but <laughs> but uh, that's all I got was was a picture of the police car parked over the the mosaic in the pothole. <laughs> you know, I don't you know. I don't know of any local cops that know my number to text me a picture of things that I'm doing when I'm sleeping. I don't see <laughs> a Bloomington thing. They. Um, they are good to me. They keep an eye on the shop for me. And uh, they also know that um, there may be things that go sideways in the, in the neighborhood. And I might know what's happening. <laughs> so might not be yeah, directly involved, but yeah, you know we have what this might be happening. Symbiotic relationship that works for, for us. That's great. <laughs> Googly eyes may be involved at times. So I'll just put it that way. Yeah, there was a, someone at PetSmart decided to take googly eyes and put them on all the pets uh, pictures that are like above the areas. And that was the first thing I thought of was, I was like, oh, Berkey's been in town. <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, oh. billboard um, that Lisa Klazik from the We Like to Make Stuff group got, got me these big seven inch googly eyes. And uh, I will tell you this billboards are way bigger than they appear when you drive by and they're hard to climb. You know, so you've heard from a friend. Yeah. I mean, it's rumor yeah. stuff. Yeah, this guy told stuff. you that one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I pulled a hamstring quite frankly. So uh, here recently with Clean Spores Woodworking Shop, which is where Chris yeah. and I work during the day, um, mm -hmm. Sterling Davis got his scroll work to be put onto the cover of the catalog. And it was all inspiration and he gives you credit for stealing it from you. Um, and so I found the date on it. And so in 2016, you had made this. You, well, actually you had not, you made it before that, but you had posted it saying that you want to do a full wall mosaic of it. Correct. Yeah. I, I, I would. So this is a canvas painting, just white, white on black, but I want to do this on a barn um 20 30 feet tall so hopefully i can find one if you know of any if anybody listening knows of a barn um this is what i want to do i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there is this something that you want to put on the barn yeah okay perfect well i, I just had to ask just in case because here's what i'm thinking makers camp 
you know, up there in the Catskills mountains. Oh yeah. They had just put up the new pole bar and they had just added more things to it. That would be a cool touch to that. That'd be cool. That'd be wicked cool. But yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I don't even remember where I got the inspiration for that, but I just like the fact that it's there, but your eye, I mean, I love, I, I love it when there's implied things here. So there's no lines, there's no outline of this guy but your your eye makes, makes them it. be there mm -hmm. right yeah that is and cool. i thought sterling did a nice job with the composition of that piece because he kind of pulled that into it also in a different way but super cool way and then decides to scroll it all out because he has time apparently that's not exactly like an easy thing to that's scroll. insane that is insane isn't it like inch and a half white oak or something yeah, I think so. It wasn't it wasn't small, that's for sure. Like it was definitely one of those projects that he decided he was going to tackle. Well, I was honored that he would uh, want to do that, and and I think we both have really enjoyed the collaboration. So uh, I, I was super amped to see him get in, get a, a cover. You know, absolutely, very cool, well deserved. Well deserved indeed. I think and he we, paid. I think he paid the boss in uh, some moonshine or something. Ooh, <laughs> is that how that works? Yeah, I was gonna say for that one time. That's never the currency again. of choice with him. Hey, you want it? Hell, but a moonshine that'll get you in the on the magazine. Well, just so it's understood, we had nothing to do with that it getting there. Like there was no influence on that at all. That was one hundred percent the company. We were out of that, and so when it made the cover, we were both like, "That is awesome." Yeah, yeah, that's way cool. I mean, it's so cool with people in the maker world when they get a, a bump, you know, um, mm -hmm. just like making fun now on Netflix with all the guys and yeah. Sterling getting that. And I don't know, what did Rebecca DeGroot just uh, got some cool award um, for her boxes that are insane, teapot walking, you know, boxes, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like the cool part about this community that we find ourselves in is everybody's pushing everybody up. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I mean, you know, there's, there's what I call the black holes where all the attention needs to come in and nothing comes out, but that's very rare. Mm -hmm. And um, man, it, it's cool to see, you know, people getting some attention. Well, I, I noticed too, with the, those who, try to absorb more and then not give back they don't seem to do as well on that community stand front like naturally that community kind of just starts to be like okay and they just kind of slowly start moving away from that attention and just let them be yeah yeah and it, it's sort of solves itself you know yes. it's, it's um I, I mean i dig it if if the world in in macro acted more like that i think we'd have a really cool planet to live on <laughs> but you know yeah but you know we take our little world that we've made and and guard it jealously without a doubt so i've got two more things here and then we'll wrap it up for you because i know it's okay. getting late <clears throat> so this is a this was introduced to me not too long ago um as far as just how this works now normally there wouldn't be epoxy in this there wouldn't be any glue or nails this is all cut to fit with pressure and, and what is this called this is a japanese um traditional 
form of woodworking called kumiko. Um, a lot of room dividers, uh, windows are made like this. And, um, and it's just like pure, you know, heroin level geometry and accuracy. It's, um, it's soup. Again, it's what we talked about with doing macro photography. For me to do this, um, I've got to drop into that, to that zone, that flow state where um, there very little exists. And three hours later, I wake up and I'm super hungry and, uh, <laughs> and need a beer. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. nothing else exists for a while and to me man i'm chasing that stuff i love that stuff i don't care what it is especially I mean, when you lose time that's like you just lose all you don't know what time it is the next thing you know you're like oh man kind of hungry oh my gosh the sunset yeah, yeah it's midnight and i gotta get up in four hours yeah yeah it's um it's nuts I just, to me, more than skills, more than anything, I'm chasing that evasive headspace, hmm. um, which is probably not the norm, but, um, but, but I really, I, I dig that. But it works for you and that's, that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. And then this final one here isn't something you did, but something hmm. you tell me about this. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, so my logo uh, was named by the community. I think uh, Paul Mayette um, named him See More, Make Better. And uh, to me, that's the basic premise of, of making cool stuff is you got to be able to observe um, orbitally everything, you know, in, in 360 degrees and then be able to apply that to your work. And um and so my buddy here locally, stained glass artist, Jeff Overright, uh, made this made this uh, 12 by 12 panel for the shop window. And uh, I really dig him. He's cool. Absolutely. So that's what this <laughs> this face has been sitting here staring at us for the past hour or more is see more make better. Now, do you, did you get more beanies in? Uh, I do have some that I, matter of fact, I just, just ordered them. I got to figure out how I'm going to get them put out to the world, but I do have, uh, I think 50, 50 beanies coming out. So I hate to say it, but I've been waiting for one since 2016. If you could <laughs> hold one for me, cause every time I'd, I reach out to you, you'd be like, Hey, did you get them yet? You're like, Oh, they're all gone. Or no, nope, I didn't get any yet. <laughs> I mean, it, it would like never fail. So I was like, it was almost like waiting for a uh, Tony square. <laughs> you know, it was like, ah, oh, missed it again. Yeah. Dang. So <laughs> well, just throw one aside for me and I'll pay you for that. All right, fine. You got to give me some uh, total ballyhoo. You know, you got to give me some some mojo. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I call it patience. There you go. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. So uh, sure. leave a comment and then we'll send it on over to andy to let him know you want one of the limited edition yeah beanies that are available yeah gotta it's, figure it's, out it's a great we're... it's a great simple backwards to what your logo is because usually it's always black in this case it's white stitching or embroidery and then you have it on you know the black cap it's perfect yeah worn by top celebrities in the maker community all oh, around absolutely As a matter of fact i just saw i just saw a uh, picture in my my google photos of Izzy Swan's 
youngest son wearing one about you know back in 2016 i think it was <laughs> but well you know you know you make it you know you made it yeah <laughs> they got them and they're wearing it around but yeah john absolutely it was another great episode thank you for watching and listening Thanks, john awesome work for you andy just basic carpentry stuff you know nothing hard <laughs> at all break it down baby break it down into simple bits uh, and just you know Thousands and thousands of those bits. Yeah. And then just repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> it, it's kind of cool. You know, we've been talking about all this 200 year old Gothic, you know, ecclesiastical furniture stuff you're doing, <clears throat> excuse me, carpentry you're doing. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have someone who does old heritage type woodworking old. So nice. it's going to be great to see those two kind of concepts. And yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, yeah, Gerald Vance. Uh, contrast. Appalachian Heritage Woodshop. He's on PBS and he does, oh, he basically cool. takes, you know, the, the things that were made out of necessity in the Appalachian mountains and then tells you the story behind it. And then also shows you how to build it. Oh, it's wow. a wild show. It Very really is. cool. And he yeah. was waiting for, uh, he was waiting for his federal grant before he came on our show because he didn't want to lose the chance to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, you know, everybody's got their parameters absolutely we completely understood on it we just kind of couldn't say anything until you know he got it and then it was just now it's just kind of funny awesome awesome no i'll i'll be anxious to hear that that's cool oh there you go gibbs got a good one seymour welding caps you just need to have seymour on everything there needs to be like an entire line of seymour stuff yeah we made some uh seymour fabric for making masks when the uh when the pandemic hit <laughs> That was pretty fun. We went to one of those places online that that, uh, that we'll make uh, it. We'll make it, and and uh, there were Seymours all over it. So those were severely limited edition. <laughs> I think we made five. No, no, you you had great ones. Uh, um, it, it just in general, like you were sewing, sure. you were getting into that and uh, quilting. I think it was too. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was cool to watch um, all the different fabrics and you were just kind of making them up. And some you were like, yeah, I didn't really like this one. And some you're like, yeah, that worked out pretty good. Well, sewing was <laughs> such a cool deal because um, I always wanted to do it, but I always thought people would make fun of me uh, when I was a kid and, um, and just literally saw a good Swiss machine on Craigslist and, and uh, picked it up and I went to the local quilting shop here in town and, threw myself at the mercy of 80 year old sewing ladies that were, took me in like I was a second son mm. and God, it was fun. They, they were so cool and such craftspeople, super inspiring to be around them. That's, that's probably one of the, the two things that I noticed the most that probably people aren't connecting is that in woodworking, it's usually the husband that'll come into the store and the wife wants to go to Joanne's Fabrics, you know, or there's always some sort of a connection because I went to Joanne's to pick up something and she was talking about something about woodworking. And I said, you know, let me just ask you a random question. It says your husband into woodworking. She said, yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, he does that. I do the quilting. So I don't see that, that I could see where maybe people wouldn't have, you know, liked it too much, but at the same time, there's a lot of connection between the two. Yeah, that's what um the women at the quilting shop that took me in um they said hey look you know it's all it's all measuring accuracy with cuts and understanding you know angles geometry 
it's the same it's the same stuff same headspace and uh to me it's just super especially since in my work in the shop i need to be pretty dang close to perfect or at least appearing to be perfect um it's super cool to get into something that you're expected to be bad at and that's super liberating right because you can you can make stuff poorly and you know the efforts there and um it's it's super fun because of that for me you're not putting yourself in a position where if you fail you feel like you failed instead it's a learning curve I can see yeah there you go yep exactly and if it's bad if you do really good and the ladies are like well geez you got a natural talent for it you're just like okay i'm I'm heading in the right direction <laughs> yeah exactly and now i have to go find a new hobby to be bad at so <laughs> let's see what's uh what, what can we we'll find something for you let's see what oh, you can yeah. come up with in it i don't know I, uh, I don't know if you saw my instagram today we were experimenting with my friend jeff overright uh we were experimenting with edge edge gluing glass um we have the possibility of getting a a stained glass repair um job in a church we don't know if we have the job yet but we thought well um we need a way to repair some of the broken pieces without replacing them because replacement stained glass is always a wacky color the -hmm. modern stuff versus the hundred year old stuff just the colors aren't right. <clears throat> you can see it a mile away. So um, way back in the day, I went to a historic stained glass conference in Georgia. Talk about archaic stuff I learned. <laughs> and this guy was edge gluing um, broken pieces of glass together. And uh, so today that's what we were messing with. And just took about an hour. We got together for about an hour and and played with um, some epoxy and, and stained glass and breaking the, the panels and then and then gluing them back together. Yeah. It was super fascinating, super fun. And it's almost got me wanting to get back into stained glass again. <laughs> I'm just go ahead and check that out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, because that's, that's what I like about your Instagram. It's always what you're getting into today. You know? Yeah, it's a mess. It doesn't work well for the algorithm because, <laughs> you know, I can get part. just as amped up about making pizza. You know, it's um, I, I just like I say, this is a full contact sport 24 seven. So I, I just like that. You never know what you're going to get. You really don't <laughs> like I mean, there's times where you're doing a big project. So you kind of know, OK, here's mm-hmm. the next steps, next steps. But sometimes, you know, hey, edge gluing glass today is going to be what's on Andy's plate. OK. <laughs> You know, that's what I like about it. So check it out. Check out Andy over at, at you know, Andy Berkey. Uh, let me find that thing. There it is. Oh, put a uh, um, a dash between them on the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Underscore. Like, underscore, yeah. <clears throat> so it's at Andy underscore Berkey. There it if is. If you find yep. the other Andy Berkey, he's not as weird, and you don't want to follow him. <laughs> he's not as cool. Why? That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. And of course, Chris, you can find him on Instagram at Chris Cross Crafts. That's with a T. His name drives me insane. Sorry. And then you can find me. I'm not doing much right now, but at Duff Style One on Instagram. 
And of course, whatnot podcast. Find it on Facebook. You can find us also on the all major Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. Yes, it's about time I finally got that connected. And, and if you can't find us on any of that, just email us. It's our name at gmail.com, whatnotpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get you some source that you can find our stuff on. So with, the last, with the last few minutes, Andy, who would you like to see in the hot seat? for mm. another podcast in the future. Uh, answer now. You can think about it and send it to us or at least let that person know that, hey, I think mm. you'd have a good time doing this or this is a train wreck. You really should do it. <laughs> I mean, I I would love to uh, get behind the uh, mental grill of, uh, I'd like to see you guys talk to Rebecca DeGroote. Okay. I, I think that uh, she she comes at woodworking from such a cool organic mm-hmm. art bent. And I, I really feel like um, if we're not going full traditional, we need more like art type stuff in, mm-hmm. in the woodworking world. I, it never hurts, right? No, not at all. Cause it, because that makes sense. Her work is, it's so s- Seems like it. Why didn't I think of that? But it's just brilliant, mm-hmm. and I I love the headspace behind that that work. And I also like how she's not worried so much about some of the traditional woodworking type ideas. It's more of how do I get this um, to fit the artisticness or the vision that I have. Mm-hmm. And so right. she kind of takes all the woodworking and throws it out the window and makes it work for what she's doing. Right. In a a way, it's sort of like we were talking about the SpaceX rocket. You know, she's she knows where she wants to go and she's going to be there (laughs) instead of following some, you know, really regimented path. You know, I'll get a I'll get a text from her sometimes and go, you know, I how can I do X, Y or Z, you know, and and I don't know where she's taking it, but. You know, I'll give her what little I can to sort of point her in the right direction. And she she blows it out of the water. I just I have a lot of admiration for her work. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, I, I, we worked at a trade show a couple of years ago and I got to work a booth right beside hers. And I was just amazed at some of the stuff, you know, just the, some of the techniques that she used to, to do some things. So, yeah. Yeah, it's that fun. Sounds like That's, a good one. Super cool. Well, if you know her personally like that, to where you're texting back and forth, maybe you should say, "Hey, you know, go check these guys out. They'd love to have you on the show." Oh, and by the way, I, I recommended you, so you have to go be on their show. <laughs> I will do it. I, I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> That'll be fun. Well, there you go. And guess what I did? <laughs> and, and if she's worried because you know we're we're a couple of men doing this, we did have Jess Crow on here not long ago. And we had uh, Michelle McNeil on here a while back. So we have had some young ladies on here that, you know, we know how to treat the f- the females. We're, we're not crazy. Well, we're crazy, but we're not, we're not bad people. Well, I, you're kind of bad, but that's okay. But bad in a good way. Like the Michael Jackson, you know, I'm bad. I'm bad. You know, you know, when, you know, when he starts singing, we got to start ending yeah, the show. That's what, that's yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So with that said, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And uh, so Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Whatnot podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Andy, 
seriously appreciate you coming on. Anytime. Pop the whip. I'll make the trip, kids. Oh, yeah. We'll do part two. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for watching. Have a good night. Thanks See for having guys. me on. Thank Cheers, you. everybody.